Hey, y'all. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be what? Glad in it. Comment down below if you finish that scripture with me. So my name is Shantavia, but you can call me Shay, and I am your host of Obedience Podcast. Here at Obedience Podcast, our mission is to simply obey. Obey is an acronym that stands for O, obeying God, B, believing in God's word, E, evolving your kingdom walk, and Y, yielding to the Holy Spirit. So if you think you'll be interested in our content, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And if you're listening on any of our podcasts and platforms, be sure to hit that follow button so you all are notified every single time we upload but for all of our returning subscribers and listeners welcome back and let's go ahead and jump into this episode Welcome to season five, episode 22 of Obedience Podcast. It's such an honor to have you here because you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with me, and that is such an honor. So if you guys don't know, this is actually part two of a two-part episode. So in part one, I share with you all the first 10 things that I learned in my 20s. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you all the last 10 things that I learned in my 20s. So if you have not tuned into part one, I I do encourage you to go and check out part one so you can see the first 10 things that I've learned and then come back here so you can get the remainder of the things that I've learned in my 20s. Okay. Okay, but since this is going to be a new episode, I do want to go ahead and pray and invite Holy Spirit in to really work for me. If you guys tuned into episode one, then you know there were a lot of technical difficulties that happened, but this episode will prevail, okay? So let's invite Holy Spirit in, and then we'll jump right into 11 through 20, okay? So Father God, I want to thank you so much for allowing me to get on this platform another day. I want to thank you for getting me through every single one of those technical difficulties, and I thank you for allowing me to see you in it. I pray, Lord, for the lesson that you're trying to teach me, and I pray that I can actually hear your small, still voice and hearing the lesson that you're trying to teach me in this moment. I thank you for the strength that you've given me against the enemy, and I thank you for this episode prevailing, and I pray, and I know that it will reach exactly who you intended for it to reach. Thank you so much, Lord, for giving me the strength to get through this. And I pray, Lord, that when that person reaches this video, that they will hear with your ears and listen with your mind and listen with your understanding. And they will learn the lessons that you have for them through this episode. Lord, I pray that through this episode for more of you and less of me. And I pray that we all see you and encounter you through this episode. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So now that I welcome my co-host Holy Spirit in, Let's go ahead and jump into numbers 11 through 20 of the things that I've learned in my 20s. All right, so picking up right where we left off after number 10, we're going to get into number 11 now. So the 11th thing that I learned in my 20s is social media is not real. I come from the era where when I was in college, my freshman year of college, that's literally when Instagram was starting. So I saw the evolution of Instagram when I was in high school. That's when Facebook started. So I saw the evolution of Facebook when social media first started. I saw what it was just like this fun thing to do to post pictures and not just like try to present this perfect life. I don't know at what point in time where it switched over from that to what we see now. But literally, social media is just a highlight reel for everybody. And on top of it being a highlight reel, it is also fiction for a lot of people. Because a lot of the times, people only present the perfect things on social media. 
And sometimes those perfect things aren't even true. And when I was able to literally see that, like I was able to to recognize somebody who was performing on social media, but then know what's actually going on in their life, I was like, oh, wow. I can just imagine how many people are actually doing this. So why am I over here in my bed sad because this person just got engaged when I don't even know if the person she got engaged to is abusive? Once I realized that, I, I didn't care because the grass is not always greener on the other side. Now, I'm not saying that every person who gets engaged, that they're going through stuff like that, that it's, it's not happiness. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is... Everything on social media is not always perfect. And that's how some people present it. And you guys have probably noticed, I don't post on social media a lot because I haven't figured out the best balance. Social media is toxic to me. And I remember the period of time where likes and followers started to matter. It never really mattered to me, but I remember when it started to matter. And I didn't care that I got like 10 likes. Who cares? I'm just posting a picture because I want y'all to see how cute I look, you know. But I remember a friend saying, this is how many likes I got. And then that's when I just, it shifted in my mind to, if you don't get this many likes, then you mean absolutely nothing. I can remember that shift. It happened like my senior year in college. And so I went trying to make like this aesthetically pleasing page, editing pictures, you know, like only showing like the best parts. Like if I'm going on trips, that's what I'm going to post, stuff like that. And I tried to get past that when I started the podcast. I knew I would have to like consistently post, but I haven't found the, the perfect balance. When I was posting and trying to be consistent, I was leaning into those toxic things that social media does for me as far as overanalyzing my body, overanalyzing the likes, overanalyzing the captions, all of that stuff, overanalyzing how many followers I don't have, comparing to people whose pages are, you know, so much better than mine's, I start getting into that. So I haven't figured out the, the best balance, which is why I don't post on social media as much. I've established boundaries. And so if I realize social media is a trigger for my anxiety, I'm going to stay away from it because social media is not necessary. I do remember a time when I felt like social media was necessary and I could not do anything without it. And I did a lot of fasting when I first like got serious about Christ. And when I fasted, I would fast a lot from social media. So that really helped me not like have such a hold on social media. I can truly say that I do not have to get on social media every single day. But when I do get on social media, I immediately start to feel triggers and I just stray away from it. And I am praying my way through it right now, working my way through it right now to get to the point where I can be on social media. But right now, it's just a balancing act. So if y'all ever wondering, well, why is this girl not posting? That's why. If you ever send me a message and I don't answer immediately, I don't get on social media every single day. I mentally cannot handle it every single day. But I'm doing the work to get there. You know, this is somebody who's actively doing the work. So just to be transparent with y'all in this moment. But I have realized that social media is not real. But I do still overanalyze 
myself on social media and compare myself to other people on social media. So until I can stop doing that, I just get off of it. (laughs) I just get off of it. Okay. The 12th thing that I learned in my 20s is that rest is required. Now, I did an entire episode talking about rest and how it is so important and how it is so necessary. So y'all definitely go and check that out. And I have started to implement rest in my life. You guys know that I skipped the episode this month, the first week. I did a bye week. And that is just something that I am not used to. But one thing that I can really tell you guys is you can see God in the rest. When you step away from things and you let God work, You can honestly see him in the rest. So I encourage you, if you feel like this nudge to just let it go, let it go. God is telling you to let that thing go for a reason because he has it. He's going to put it in his hands and he's going to work it out for you. Just let it go. But a lot of the times we don't want to do that because we feel like we have everything in our hands. When the song says he's got the whole world in his hands. Listen, I know that was a preschool nursery rhyme, nursery hymn, however I want to say it, but it's true. So take those words you heard all the way back when you were one years old and apply it to your life. God has the whole world in his hands. He's taking care of whatever your issue is. Let it go. Rest is required. The 13th thing I learned in my 20s is life is not a scripted movie. Whew, child. Now, this one was a really hard one for me because in my teens, I just had this entire story for my life and it was going to play out perfectly. And the story that I scripted in my teens, I tried my best to hold on to that thing in my 20s. And when I got to my late 20s, that's when I realized this life is not a scripted movie. <laughs> This life is a documentary. You never know what's going to happen next. (laughs) So in my teenage years, I said that I would be married by 21 and I would have kids by 23. And I wanted four or five kids. And also I said I was going to marry my high school sweetheart because that's what everybody else in my family did. Okay. So when my ex from high school when him and I broke up my story started to look weird I was like okay what's going on what's going on and I held on so much to that relationship just because of my story and also I rushed into the relationship because of my story I knew that I wanted to marry my high school sweetheart but when I was a senior and I didn't have a boyfriend I said okay Shay time to find a boyfriend and I went out and just found the first one And attached myself to that person and said, this is going to be my husband. And so my story got a little weird, but I was still going to hold on to it. I still had time. I was only 18. Actually, I was only 17 when the breakup happened. I got time. (laughs) I'm not getting married to 21. I got time. So when I got to college and I met my college ex, my college boyfriend, I was like, okay, story back in progress. We're we good. We're in this thing. I met him when I was 18. And we stayed together until I was like 22. So in my head, my story was still like adding up. I was 21. 
And I remember when I turned 21, I was like, okay, engagement, heavy. (laughs) And then when things started to get abusive, and I have not shared the details on this channel. If you want to know the details, you can gain access to that on my Patreon. I am not comfortable sharing that yet. When God gives me the go-ahead to share it with everyone, I will. But I'm just going to leave it at when things started to get abusive and I knew that I could not stick around. And in that, I want to give a huge shout out to my mom because I saw her example. She led and I follow her example. My mom got out of an abusive relationship. And so me knowing that she did that, I knew that I could. But when I realized that things were abusive and can get more abusive, that's when I said, forget this story, okay? Because in my story, I did have to be married by 21, but I did not put in there to be in an abusive relationship, so I got to go. So I did leave. And that's when I just, in my mind, I would like to say I just tore out the pages of, okay, I'm going to be married by this time. I just tore them out. I didn't destroy the book, though. The book was still there. (laughs) I still had my publishing deal. (laughs) So with me saying that the book was still there, that means that there was still hope to complete the story that I made. And when I found my last ex, and he fits so perfectly into my story, we were meant to be. My ages were off a little bit, but it could all happen before 30. That's what I kept telling myself. And I started rewriting it, putting some um, revisions in it, changing my age to the story. (laughs) I held on tight to that relationship, too, because of the story that I had attached to it. As I look back now, we were not good together. We had nothing in common. We couldn't even have a conversation. But I held on to... This person was going to be my husband because he felt so perfectly into my story. And then Christ entered the room. (laughs) And he tore up my story, y'all. But I am so happy that he burned that story, okay? Because the story had nothing to do with him. God came in, burned that story, and he rewrote it. And he hasn't let me read the whole thing yet, and it's okay. He can write it. I'm just going to be the main character in it. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm okay with that. So just know life is not a scripted movie. If you have these plans, just know that God can always adjust the plans. Don't try to be the author of your life. Just be the main character. Give the main character energy that God wants. That's all he ever wanted for us. He just wanted us to be main characters. He didn't want us to write our lives out. He already did that. It's no point of us doing it. So... With that being said, let's go ahead and go to the 14th thing I learned. So the 14th thing that I learned in my 20s is that the world's standards don't have anything to do with me. God didn't make those standards, so he doesn't care about those standards. And an example of that is people should be married with children by the age of 30. If they are not, then something is wrong with them. As I reflect back on my life, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. I mean, there's something wrong with me. But you you get what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with me to where no one wants to marry me or no one wants to have kids with me. I just 
I, I went through the story that God wrote for me. And his story didn't include for me to be married by 30. That's just, that's not the story that God wrote for me. You have to let go of the world's ideals in your life. Once I was able to let go of what the world expected out of me, I became super content in my life. Another area that I had to really just be like, that's the world. That's not, that's not you. That's not your standards. That's not your family standards. And that's not what God has for you. Was me still staying with my mom at the age of 30. Or at the time I wasn't 30. I'll say 28. At the age of 28. I started to get really, really down on myself. Because I felt like, who wants to date somebody who still stays with their parents? Who wants to be bothered with that? Someone who doesn't have, you know, their own. You know, who wants to deal with that? And then also... You're really not an adult because you don't, you're not out here in life alone. You know, I would say those things to myself because I felt like people would say it. People were saying it out there in the world. And they probably were. Who cares at this point? But when God laid on me, like, I have you in this house for a reason. And he made me see, like, all the great benefits that I have living in this house. Like, how many people are able to get the wisdom of their grandmother over this long lifespan? Like the things that just her alone, my grandmother has taught me, are priceless. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And what you can only imagine about, you know, staying with your mom. A lot of people my age who like have left their moms, they want their moms to move in with them, you know. And when I was able to see the blessing of being at home, I did not care what anybody on the outside thought. You can go spend all your money on rent, but I am in a situation where I'm blessed, where my mom is okay with me staying here and putting that $800, $1,000 to something else. She wants me to do it. Now, if she wanted me to get out, it would be a different story, but that's not, that's not what she's saying. So once I saw the blessing in staying home, I did not care what anybody else thought because guess what? You can think what you want to think, because I don't care. I know what God has for me, and I know the blessing that he has for me in this area. And when he says, okay, it's time to go, I will go. But don't allow the world standards to affect what you're doing in this moment, because what God has for you is not always going to reflect the world. God may have you in a season where he doesn't want you to have a job. The world may look at you crazy because you don't have a job, but if God said, sit down, don't work, then what's wrong with that? You know what I'm saying? Another thing that helped me is when I looked at, like, literally the different cultures, I'm like, everybody's culture is different. Like, for instance, Hispanics, they stay in multi-generational homes. It's normal for them. It's normal for a grandmother, a daughter, her daughter, and her little child to stay together. They, that's how they live. And in Caribbean families, you don't leave the house until you get married. That's the standard. So just because I'm born in America and I'm trying to go by these American standards when everyone else has different standards, like it doesn't make sense to hold tight to the world standards because they change everywhere you go, you know? So I hope that that helps someone. It definitely has helped me and continues to help me through this road. So the 15th thing that I learned in my 20s is it's okay to have and show emotions. 
Now, this goes back to my perfectionism that I talked about. Growing up, emotions were not shown to me. I did not know what emotions were. I did not know how to express my emotions. And I, let me see, let me see, let me see. I don't say that to say that my mom did anything wrong. I say that to say I just didn't see emotions growing up. So I did not know how to process them. My mom always presented herself together. I never saw my mama break down emotionally. That doesn't mean she didn't. She just didn't show me. And so because I didn't have that example, I thought, she didn't tell me, I thought that you were supposed to go through life without emotions. If somebody like had a breakdown, they were being over-emotional. And I was known for being the person who could be in a room full of everybody crying and not cry. That's what I was known for. And once I got older, that put a strain on my body. I believe that is what led up to me having anxiety attacks. Because I had these emotions that I would not let out. I was stressed at work. I was tired of traveling. I was upset that I had missed a deadline. And instead of dealing with those emotions, I consistently pushed those emotions back. And I believe 100% that's what led up to my first anxiety attack. And so even through realizing that it was anxiety and stuff like that, I still didn't show my emotions through that. You know, I remember when I was doing an evaluation at work She said one of the best things about me was that I was so even keel. She said, you can have a lot on you and you cannot show it at all. You just seem so calm, cool, and collected. And she says, that's one of the best things about you. And I was proud of that. I was proud of it. I held that badge with honor. (laughs) And now that I'm in my 30s, I'm just like, Shay, that's not a good thing. You were going crazy. And you just held it all in. That's not, no, that's not nothing to be proud of. But I was so proud at the time. But now that I'm older, let's say that I am in a situation where I don't need to show emotions. I know that I can do it, but I, I, I now know that once I leave that environment, I need to express my emotions so I can get that out. <laughs> I wasn't getting it out. I wasn't ever showing it at all. Now that I am older, I do realize that emotions are okay to have. It's not a bad thing if you have emotions. It's not a bad thing to express how you feel. I remember one of the breakthroughs that I had in therapy is realizing, Shay, you're sensitive. You're more sensitive than most people in your family, and that's okay. Just because they aren't sensitive doesn't mean that you don't have to be sensitive because y'all have the same genes. You got to remember, you have 50% of genes that have nothing to do with them. So you are emotional. They may not be, but you are. And so because you are, even if they aren't, you stand in your emotions and you'd be okay with it. I remember the first time I was actually able to stand in my emotions and I was so proud of myself. You know, my family, they were having a disagreement. My little cousin, she said something that was not nice to me. But she also, like, said it to the other people around us. And they were okay with it. I'll just hurt your feelings more. I was like, no, I don't do that. Okay? 
I have emotions and my feelings are hurt, so I would appreciate an apology. And I was so proud of myself because I didn't get nasty. I didn't retaliate, which I, pr- I, I pretty much never retaliate. I am not a mean person. Just because you hurt me, I'm not going to try to hurt you. That's not my personality. Has never been, will never be. But in that, in that moment when I was able to admit, that hurt my feelings. Y'all may not have y'all feelings hurt, but my feelings are hurt. I was so proud of myself and I felt so strong. It's so weird to be like, that hurt my feelings. You know, you know, being super sensitive, but feeling so strong in that because I was able to be in my emotions, admit it and not care. I felt strong. Emotions aren't a bad thing. A lot of y'all probably already knew that, (laughs) but I come from a different, different family. Yeah. (laughs) So with that being said, let me go ahead and go to the 16th thing. The 16th thing that I learned in my 20s is just because, oh, this is a good one. Just because. They are an influence doesn't mean you have to follow the path. Y'all know there are a lot of influences out there these days, a lot of them. And influencers are meant to influence us to do certain things, right? But one thing that I had to learn is just because that person is designed to influence you doesn't mean that you have to allow them to influence you. I pray that that makes sense. So what I mean by that is, I have two examples, and it's, they're not bad people, okay? But I have two examples. So, I love Sarah Jakes Roberts and also Heather Lindsay. Those are two examples of women that I just looked up to so much. They were passionate about their ministries, but they were, they were also transparent about their journeys, I love that about them. And they had successful ministries, and I was in this ministry thing trying to figure life out. But where I made the mistake was since I was so influenced by them, since I looked up to them so much, I told myself I had to be just like them. But that is not the path that God had for my life. And once I realized that, y'all, it was like this burden was lifted off of me, to be honest with you. It completely lifted off of me. And I'm so glad that it did because it affected my relationship with them, which is so weird because they don't know me. But what I mean by that is I was so intimidated by those ladies because I felt like I had to be just like them that I would not watch their sermons. I would not watch their YouTube channels. I would not watch their podcasts because when I would watch it, I would feel so down on myself because I felt like I was so far away from them. And I was supposed to be just like them. That is dangerous. Absolutely dangerous because that's not the path that God had for my life. That's not the blueprint that he gave me. Because I literally had them on my vision board. And I realized this one day when I was just like sitting up looking at my vision board. Because I had determined like I was not doing a vision board for 2023 because clearly I can't do anything right. This is what I told myself looking up at the vision board. Clearly I can't do anything right because I felt like half of the stuff was still up there. So I didn't do one for 2023. Still haven't. Don't plan on it. Not because of that anymore. But because I got to, it's almost the end of the year. It's like I'll wait to 2024. But anyway. When I realized that I was trying to emulate them instead of be inspired by them, 
and it was affecting me and my ministry, I was so grateful. I was so grateful. And it was in one of those moments where I was crying out to God. And I was just like, I don't want to be a social media influencer. That's not what I want to do. I was just like, every single time I get on Instagram, I'm sad. I don't want to do this. I just I said, I don't want to do this. This is what I want to do. I want to do my Bible studies. I want to do my podcast. And I want to put my vlogs out. That is my passion. Why are you making me do this? God said, I'm not making you do that. Girl, you chose to do that. You chose to follow the path. I didn't tell you to do that. And then I had been doing um, Tara Lee Cobble's Bible study like this whole time, Tara Lee Cobble. I had been doing her Bible study this whole time. And he said, go to her Instagram page. Let me there. I went to her Instagram page. I said, oh, my gosh. I was so astounded because she isn't doing all of these reels. She isn't doing all of this. I'm going to post on Instagram every single day. She is just living her life out authentically, and she's posting about her ministry as she goes. Now, like I told y'all, I still have not found a good balance with Instagram. Okay? I still haven't found a good balance. But I do realize now that what I was trying to do with living out like Sarah Jakes and Heather Lindsay and some other Christian influencers that I saw online, it was not what God had for me. Maybe I am not supposed to get to 100,000 followers. Maybe that's not what he intended for me to do. Maybe he always intended for me to have 1,000 followers and, you know, be a small ministry. I, I, I don't know the story, you guys. I don't know the story. But basically, what I'm trying to say is just because you have these influencers around you doesn't mean that you have to be just like them. You can allow them to influence your life. So I can watch Sarah Jakes and be like, I want to be as passionate about Christ as she is. I want to be able to speak boldly about Christ as she does. I want to have a kingdom marriage like she does. But that doesn't mean that I have to have as many subscribers and followers books as she does. And then also it was really hard for me too because both of those women, they're ministers. And I was like, I am not a minister. I'm a Bible study teacher. That's what I want to do. But I, I still leave room for God to, to tell me what to do, you know. Yeah, I don't want to be a minister, but if God has ever been like, well, that's the path that I have for you, I'll be okay. But that he hasn't told me that is pretty much what I'm trying to say. He hasn't told me that. And so I just stopped trying to emulate that life. I just stopped trying to emulate it, and I just look at them as an, as an inspiration, you know, things that I can attain from them. So I can be influenced by their faith so I can grow more in my faith and my life is going to be different if that makes sense like for instance Heather Lindsay she and her husband they didn't kiss the entire time they dated and I was like so down on myself because I was just like I feel like I can't do that why can't I do that that's probably not the path that God has for me and that's okay you can be influenced by these people but you don't have to emulate their lives and when I was able to let that go, that really helped me be able to actually 
be inspired by these people again and helped me clear my mind out to know the direction that God had for me. And then I was able to hone more into my seat Bible study because I'm like, okay, this is what God has for me. These Bible studies, this is what he has for me. And I was able to really go into that. Oh, we getting through these things, ladies and gentlemen. So number 17, the 17th thing that I learned in my 20s is purpose gives you life. Now, I've talked a lot about my story and how I imagined it to be. But as I got older, I realized just how unimportant things of this world are. Let me make it make sense for you. In my 20s, I really did think that my worth was found in finding a husband, getting a house with my husband, having kids with my husband, and also my job. That's what I felt like my worth was found in. But as I got older and I started to realize that you can have all of those things and still feel nothing. And of course, I didn't find that out by having a husband and stuff like that. But, <laughs> but I realized what, what brings you true completeness, what brings you true wholeness is found in Christ. Finding Christ and learning what your purpose is, it gives you full life. Like I say, I still have a desire to have a husband and kids. I do have that desire. I don't need it but I have that desire. But if I were to never have kids or to never get married, I would be content doing my ministry. And once I got to that, freedom was found because nothing was pulling down on me to make me feel like I didn't have a purpose in this life. And it was not an easy thing to do because of what the world tells you, how I grew up. And to give you a little insight on that, I did not grow up in a two-parent household. The two-parent households I saw were on television. So in my world, everything had to be perfect like a scripted television show. And so I always grew up knowing what my wedding colors were going to be, knowing what my wedding dress was going to look like, knowing what I was going to name my kids because I felt like everything was found in that. But I had to let all that go. I literally remember deleting my Pinterest board and it was so hard. <laughs> but I was just like, it's no sense in sitting here planning this when I know that my life isn't found in that. I can spend more time over here planning what this podcast is going to be about because this is what my life is found in. But I keep honing in on the fact that I do desire these things. I do desire to have a husband. I do desire to have kids. I do desire to have a house. But I don't need those things to make me happy. And that is where true contentment is found. True completeness is found in that. And I don't know if I mentioned it, but I'm going to say it. The reason I don't need those things is because I have Christ in my life and he has given me purpose. God has given me the ability to have a podcast, to have a ministry, and he's sent me on a mission, and that mission gives my life purpose. I hope that that makes sense. (laughs) 
I keep saying I hope things make sense because I literally didn't like write this stuff out. I just wanted to speak from my mind. I hope that makes sense. And don't get me wrong. Like I still have times where I have to remind myself, Shay, no, 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 no. The world may not value your purpose, but God values your purpose. And I know like today in my reading, I was reading Acts, doing Sikh Bible study study. And the apostles, after they were persecuted and they were let go, they left praising God that they were able to be persecuted. They were worthy enough to be persecuted for him, if that makes sense. And that reminded me, you know, of what I had to like tell myself recently because I got this thought in my head and I I already know I'm so grateful that I can recognize these things now because I always did not recognize them but let me give you the backstory so it really makes sense I was getting my eyebrows done right and so me my mom my cousin and my grandma we went and so as my cousin was getting her eyebrows done my eyebrow tech yeah, she realized that my cousin was a dentist. And, you know, once she realized that, y'all know when people are doctor, dentists, lawyers, people, they just react different, which is a lot of schooling. They should get like some recognition. I'm not going to shade them in that, that aspect, but they get a little bit more than if somebody just got a regular degree. And so the enemy instantly tried to like put like some, some darts into my mind to get me off of my track because I have been good mentally okay I've been great but he tried to throw some darts real quick to get me off of my track and my eyebrow tech she said I bet your mom is so proud of you and what the enemy said is I bet your mom is not proud of you and in that moment I was like that's not true you know of course I'm quiet but you know I'm having this internal battle right here But I can recognize those things now. But for a long time in life, I did not recognize those things. And um, the reason I brought up the apostles is I am worthy. I am esteemed that I get to have a ministry for God. He chose me. This is a great accomplishment. And so even if nobody ever tells you, I'm so proud of you for where you are in your ministry and what you're doing for Christ because they're going by the world's standards of accomplishments. I know that God is proud of me. I know that he is happy for me because he has chose me. He has seen me worthy to be on this platform. He has deemed me worthy to give me Bible study ideas. And I am happy to be in this place. If nobody else is happy for me, I am happy for me. What I am trying to do in my 30s is not depend on what other people think to give me my worthiness. It's all about what God tells me and how I feel about myself. And that is something that I'm going to live out in my 30s, going back to be. I am going to be the best me that I can be apart from what anybody else thinks that I should be. With that being said... Let's move on to the 18th thing that I learned in my 20s. The 18th thing that I learned in my 20s is timing is everything. God will hold all things because he's waiting on the perfect timing. I have a lot of examples about this. But one that I always think back to is the current car that I have. 
the current car that I have, I wanted exactly when it came out in 2019. I wanted that car in 2019. That car is very expensive in 2019. Could not get that car in 2019. <laughs> I ended up getting a Honda Civic in 2019 instead. And that was my first car that I, I purchased myself. I was paying my uh, car note by myself. I was making all my payments. I did an adult thing. You know, I was fully adulting when it came to that car. And the car had everything that I wanted. There was no complaints about that car. And then I remember, oh, I did a vlog on it. It was 2021. At the end of the year, God laid on my heart, upkeep your car. So I did a little Bible study on it. I did a little deep dive study, you know. The scripture where it talks about the people storing up things for when the the man came. This is so horrible. I'll I'll put in the show notes this passage of scripture I'm talking about. I did a um a study on that and I did a deep clean of my car. I was very convicted because I had not been keeping up with my car. But I did like a deep dive on my car, cleaned it out really good the following weeks. My goddad texted me about the car that I wanted in 2019. Amazing deal. And it was in Montgomery, though. So I drove to Montgomery, and I was able to trade in my car. Now, mind you, I had just deep cleaned my car, so it was spick and span, okay? It was clean. It was nice. So when they saw it, and, of course, I mean, the engine and stuff, everything was good with the car. They gave me a lot of money for my car. And I was able to trade in, I was able to trade in that car and get my current car that I have, which was my dream car. And if I had gotten that car in 2019, I would not have appreciated it as much as I appreciated it in 2022. The pandemic had a lot to do with my car still being in good shape too because I didn't drive a lot. So my miles were impeccable on my Honda Civic. Okay. And also it caused my miles to be impeccable on my new car because the owner didn't really drive it. The car was, the cars of 2019. That's the first um, year that they made those cars. It was 2019. The pandemic happened in 2020. We couldn't drive or anything. And they traded it in at the end of 2020. My car, when I purchased it, it had less than 2,000 miles on it. Timing, y'all. I would not have appreciated the car as much as I appreciated when I got it because I was able to see how God worked in that situation. I was able to get the word from God to take care of my things. I was able to see God work everything out. If I had have gotten that car in 2019, I would not have seen God in that. I would have just seen myself. Look what I did. I got my dream car, y'all. Let me put it on social media so I can brag. But I, I didn't do that when I got my car because it was nothing for me to brag about but my God. All I could brag about was him. Look what God did for me. And there may be some things that God is still holding back from me in this moment just because I'm not ready for it. But I'm okay with that because I know 
that experience is required. I did an entire episode about how important experience is because I want to go through the experience. I want to learn what I need to learn. So when I get to where God has me to go, I can see him all the way through it. And I recognize what he's done for me. I recognize the benefit of having said thing happen in this moment instead of that moment. So who's who's to say maybe if I would have gotten married, not who's to say, definitely, if I would have gotten married to like any of the people I used to talk to, we would have been divorced. I would have had to go through divorce. And I would have had kids in this situation, but I, I don't have to have my kids deal with that now. I don't have to have those people permanently connected to me now through a kid. You know, it's so many things that I can look back on and be like, God, I thank you. God, I thank you. I have to admit, I mean, sometimes I still have moments where I'm just like, because this is how I feel, y'all. I'm be transparent with y'all in this moment. I have moments where I feel like I am not the only person that is single in my circle. I'm not the only person, but I'm the only person without a kid. And so because I don't have that, people focus in more on me because I don't have that. And what I would do is I'll be like, if I just would have had a kid when I was this age, I wouldn't even need marriage. I, I That has definitely crossed my mind before. But then I say, no, that's, that's not what you desire, Shay. That's you lacking in your faith. Build your faith up. Because God didn't say that he was going to give you a half of a life. <laughs> he said he was going to give you a full life. And that full life consists of a husband with a child. And I'm not speaking down on anybody who is a single parent. I was raised with a single parent home. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure if you all had the choice of to be in a two-parent household with your child or to be in a one-parent household, you would choose two. But I'm not speaking down on you because I've lived through it. I know how strong y'all are. Okay. So the 19th thing that I learned in my 20s is if people cannot accept who you are, you don't have to change yourself for them to accept you. You're not a chameleon. Do not be ashamed of who God created you to be. And this is a big one, y'all. This is a huge one. I, at one point in my life, had the personality of a chameleon. So whoever I would come in contact with, that's what my personality would look like. And that is not healthy because you begin to lose who you truly are. There was also a point in time where I would change who I was because who I was would make people uncomfortable. So, for example, a lot of extroverts are extremely uncomfortable around introverts. And I would try to pretend to be an extrovert when I knew I was an introvert. That's exhausting. If you are an introvert, you know that that's exhausting. And I would try to consistently change myself, consistently. And then also, as I grew and I knew I can't change my personality for people, I started hiding parts of who I was because I knew it was different from that person or persons. 
And also at one point in time, I was convinced I didn't have a personality. Like nobody could tell me anything different. Thank you to Lakeisha Collins, Minister Lakeisha Collins, y'all. I did an interview with her. She counseled me. I am so grateful for her because she is one of the people who helped me come to terms that, no, sis, you do have a personality. It's just that you have a personality that people are just not used to. And through that counsel, I was truly able to fall in love with the personality that God gave me. And I was able to get comfortable in who I really was and show more of who I was. And so if you guys go back and you watch videos from 2019, 2020, you probably will see this completely different person. I am okay to get up here and talk like I want to talk, be country when I want to be country, be goofy when I want to be goofy, because I am okay in the personality that God gave me. But there was still work that needed to be done within myself, you know, because I would catch myself hiding who I was to people because I just felt like they wouldn't understand it. An example of it, a major example that really made me just like shift and, and my therapist was like, no, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I remember me and my family, we were headed on the road to go see my little cousin graduate, and I was driving. And as I've explained in, on the podcast, when I drive, I don't like listening to music. Sometimes I do listen to music, but majority of the time, I like to hear people talk. I am very inquisitive. I like to hear people's thoughts. I like to know about things that's going on. And so nine times out of ten, I'm going to be listening to somebody talk. And so I turned on my podcast and the entire car complained and they complained so much to the point where I just was like, I am not comfortable with this. There is something wrong with me. And I was telling my therapist about it and she fussed at me, y'all. She was like, do not ever change yourself because somebody else is uncomfortable with who you are. That's on them. And she was like, plus you are the driver. You can listen to whatever you want to listen to. But I mean, after that, I did go through a lot where I wouldn't turn anything on. I would just drive in silence when people would be like, okay, here, you put a playlist on. I wouldn't put anything on because I'm just like, you're not going to like what I listen to. When people would be like, who's your favorite artist? I'd be like, I have no idea because I didn't want them to look at me strange. This year when God gave me the word, you know, be the best that you can be, I had a revelation too in that moment where I'm just like, I am going to be who I, who God created me as. I'm not going to try to be anybody different at all. I'm not going to try to be you. I'm not going to try to be you. I'm just going to try to be Shay. And it's a lot of things that make up that. Like one thing that I realized, I'm like, I have a different body chemistry than this group of cousins. So y'all probably can work out really hard every single day. You could push your body to the limits. You played sports all your life. I didn't do that. I don't have that body chemistry. I can only work out three days a week. I need rest days. I don't eat that. And I can't eat that. I'm not going to try to do this special diet because I'm going to be unhappy. <laughs> you know, I am really in the era of my life where I'm really sitting in who God made me to be and I'm being okay with it. So I'm not ashamed when people come up to me and be like, well, Shay, when are you going to get started having babies? 
when God says, okay, you can have babies. Like, what? what why are you asking me something I don't know? I'm not going to let that, like, make me upset anymore like it used to. I'm not going to be ashamed of the hobbies that I have. I'm not going to be ashamed of the way that I dress, the way that I decide to wear my makeup, to wear my nails. I'm not going to be ashamed of any of that anymore because I can only be who God created me to be. If I try to be anything outside of that, I'm going to exhaust myself. Sitting in debt has given me so much strength and cleared so much of my mind out. I remember a point in time where me and my therapist talked about, you know, me playing video games was a great hobby for me to, you know, get my mental health right. The great hobby to have to get me to re-energize from like having to spend a day with a lot of people and also giving me personal time. And she was like, it's nothing wrong with that. That is building you back up. Don't be ashamed of that. But I remember I still was always so ashamed. And I would stop myself from playing because I was so ashamed. Because first of all, who's a 29-year-old who still plays games? It wasn't me because I found people older than me who still plays games. But it was the influence of people saying stuff in my family. It was them saying, oh, you still play that game? And then maybe like, oh, is there something wrong with me playing this game? Should I not be playing this game? But if that game is going to make me healthier mental health-wise, it's nothing wrong. Forget those people. Because they do some things that I think they shouldn't do. Do I call it out, though? No. So just because they have this unfiltered mouth and you have a filtered mouth doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong. Don't allow people's expectations to create who you are. Create your own expectations of yourself. All right, y'all. And that leads me to my 20th thing that I learned in my 20s. And this is a big one. And that's why I saved it for last. Mental health is a real thing. I vividly remember in my early 20s when people would say they were depressed, I could not empathize with them at all and honestly I don't even think I would have sympathy because it just did not make sense to me this was like my early 20s when I got a little bit older I could start to sympathize with them because I started to be introduced to more people who were depressed I could not empathize with them because I had not gone through it but I started to have sympathy towards those people because I knew okay, this is a thing. This is just not something that you see on TV. This is something that can happen to your neighbor. This is something that can happen to your classmate. In my early 20s, I literally just thought it was something on the movies. As I entered into my late 20s, I was bombarded by the fact that mental health is, in fact, a real thing. So first, I went through my whole anxiety era, which I talked to you guys about, and I got that under control by the time I was 27 years old. But when I entered into the age of 28, 29, I really learned what depression was. And prior to, I had never experienced depression. But once I actually experienced depression, that's when I said mental health is a real thing. 
and I don't care what anybody says about it being fake. It is a real thing. And also during those time periods, I learned of family members having mental health issues. And I just wanted to shake them and be like, why didn't you share this before? I wouldn't have to go through this. I wouldn't have to think I'm crazy. But there were periods where I didn't see the value in getting out of the bed. There were times where I would not shower for multiple days. Once I got into that mindset, I remember putting up a calendar and saying, I'm going to make sure I shower every day. It had literally got that bad. I had to get a calendar and mark it off to say I showered today because I didn't want to. And if I didn't hold myself accountable in some kind of way, it wasn't going to happen. And I remember it would be like a rolling plane. I would be depressed and then I would be okay. I would be depressed and I would be okay. And then I remember where it got really, really, really bad to where I was just like, this is not, this is not what I've been going through. I remember, I remember crying out for help. In my mind, I said, if I don't get this out of my thoughts, then it's going to keep eating at me and it's going to manifest itself. So I had to get it out of my mind. So I remember reaching out to my friend and just saying, hey, I'm going through a really hard time right now. I am actually going through time periods where I just feel like life is not worth living. And just saying that was so hard for me to admit. But when I got it out, it was a lifesaver. After expressing that to my friend, I was able to take that and completely give it all to God. I, I, I dived into it. I had to. And I don't credit anybody for getting me through that time except God. Nobody healed me but God. I didn't get on any medication. Nobody healed me but God. God helped me see the light at the end of the tunnel. So now that I've gone through it, I've gotten that dark I can empathize with people. I can empathize with people and I can be like, I know exactly what you're going through. This is how I got through it. And lead them to Christ. I mean, it's not going to always work, but at least I know what it feels like now. And I know that mental health is a real thing. Growing up in churches, they would try to convince you that that's not a real thing, but it is. And I also saved that for last because a lot of the things that I learned through my list, they were connected to my mental health. So because I didn't feel loved, because I didn't feel like I was worthy, because I hadn't met the world's standards, all of those different things were together making me feel as if life wasn't worth living. What value do I bring to the world? That was the the main thought that kept going through my head. What is my worth? What do I bring to this world? Absolutely nothing. I'm not benefiting this at all. When I was able to learn those other things, I was able to get a balance on my mental health, which is why I saved it for last. Because with 
without learning all of those other things, I would not be here. Christ led me through my learning experience to learn all of those other 19 things. So my 20th thing, my mental health could be strong. And it's an ongoing battle. Like I've said, with a lot of the things on my list, I'm still working on it. It's still an active battle. You know, I'm still trying to be the best person that I can be in that particular area. I know that I'm not all the way 100% well. Mental health will be an ongoing thing for me. But just like you take care of a wound that you have, just like a person with diabetes would take their insulin, just like somebody with high blood pressure would take their pills, mental health is something that needs to consistently be worked on. So you have to develop a routine. It's going to be best for your mental health. So for instance, like I told y'all, I can't always get on social media. So I don't always get on social media because I know it's not the best for my mental health. I don't feed into videos that talk about things that I know trigger my anxiety, like viruses and diseases. I don't watch that. I can't. It, it feeds into my anxiety. So once you come up with this mental health regimen, it really will help you. It really will. I know for me, I have to get up every single morning. I have to pray journal. I have to be in my word. If I do not do those things, my mental health is going to go crazy. I already know it. So, you know what I do every morning? I make it a priority to have my cup of coffee, have my quiet time with God, and then I proceed to start my day. That's all of the 20 things that I learned in my 20s, but it was so important to get all of it out and have commentary on each one. I really feel like it was important not only for you, but for me. I do feel like I got healing through this video. I do feel like I got healing through this episode because I was able to actually reflect on it, talk it out, and see the growth that I've I've had through my 20s. Encourage myself in some of the things that I'm still working on. So I encourage you all, if you are in your 20, are you if you turn 25, 27, name 10 things that you learned from 27. Seven, you know, really reflect so you can really see what God has has brought you through. Because if you don't reflect on it, you'll never know exactly what he's brought you through. But I thank y'all so much for taking time and learning the 20 things that I've learned. Like I said in the first part of the video, let me know some things that you have learned through your life that you're going to apply for the rest of the time that you're alive. And give me some wisdom, some words of encouragement as well if you can't think of anything that you've learned. If y'all have any follow-up questions, I want like a detailed video on it, let me know down below in the comment section. Also, I do have two questions I have to ask you, okay? I ask in every single video. What was your key takeaway and did you learn anything new? If you did, be sure to comment in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on the Spotify app, you can comment in the Q&A portion of that app. I do love hearing from you guys, so please do not hesitate and reach out so we can have a little commentary in the chat. I love it so much. Speaking of chat, if you are currently watching my YouTube premiere right now, I see you. We see each other. Thank y'all so much for taking time out of your night and spending with me. I love spending time with you all. It's such a fun time. Thank y'all for showing up. If you want to be a part of the YouTube premiere family, I do premiere the podcast episodes on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So go over there and subscribe and hit that bell notification so you can be notified every single time I go live or when I premiere an episode. It's a fun time, so definitely encourage you all to come over there and join us and then if you listen on any of the podcasts and platforms i appreciate you so much for listening 
and giving my little podcast a chance. I do do appreciate it so much. I see the numbers growing and it's absolutely astounding to me. If you happen to stumble upon my podcast, please go on my Instagram page, Obedience Podcast, and comment letting me know how you found me or comment the boat emoji just so I know you're an audio listener. I really do appreciate you for giving my podcast a chance. And then I have to give a very special shout out to all of my Patreon members. Thank y'all so much for supporting the ministry over and above. It is so appreciated and it does not go unrecognized, unnoticed. Y'all mean the world to me. I'm going to step my game up and really do what y'all deserve, okay? If you do not know, I do have a Patreon where I have four different tiers. You can click the link in the show notes to check that out and determine which tier works best for you. All the proceeds go to supporting the ministry, but in each tier, I have behind the scenes content. I have free principles. I have bonus videos. There's a lot of things going on over there. So definitely go and check that out. And then regardless of wherever you are watching or listening, I want you all to share this episode with five of your friends. Sharing spreads the word of God and also helps ministry grow. So please be a digital disciple and share this with at least one. But try five of your friends. And then remember, if you do have any high alone moments that you want to share to the podcast, you can always do so by going to our social media platforms, email address, or clicking the Google form submission link down in the show notes. And then if you want to be on the podcast for Testimony Tuesday, click the submission form in the show notes to be a part and share your testimony with everyone. Okay. I think that that's all that I have for you all. Thank y'all so much for sticking around. If you have watched both of the episodes, let me know. I do appreciate y'all sticking around and being so dedicated. I do appreciate it so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It means the world to me if you stuck around and watch both of these episodes. But with that being said, that's all that I have for you all. So I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. But I pray that this episode found you blessed and I pray that it left you even more blessed. But in the meantime, in between time, as always, be obedient and I'll see y'all next time. Ciao!